We're here today with Brian Vizzaretta, formerly of Consigli Construction. Yes, sir. Now, Struction Site. Brian, how did we meet during COVID? We met, actually, because of the Real Estate Acts podcast. I heard the podcast and I reached out to you in a cold email saying, you guys had an episode actually talking trash about some construction tech, which I actually agreed with the tech you guys were talking about. And I sent you a cold email saying, I think I can change your mind about this. Not all tech is bad. And, you know, if you're so- Just most. Real, we're just we're, most. We, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, were, we were talking shit about construction tech. That doesn't sound like us. No, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't trash. It was, uh, I think it was about practicality and like use cases and VR. Mm. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, VR, okay. AR. Yeah. So you emailed me. You included a photo of yourself. No, no, no. no I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought maybe that's why I was like, wow, this kid's handsome. No, no. ASL. Yeah. <laughs> Really no. dating ourselves there. <laughs> I uh, I actually think it was like towards the beginning of the Fort Payne project, mm-hmm. and I reached out thinking, you know, hey, I I think I could show you some practical tech on documenting your job site that may be useful down the line. And that's pretty much it. That's how it worked out. Smart kid joining us today, Brian. Good technically wise, and also just like a yes man. Just like the number of times I've called Brian and been like, hey, I'm in New Jersey and my fence just blew down. Can you drive to Dorchester and pick it up? How can I help? Yes. So that's a that's a true compliment. Yeah, always keep a socket set in your vehicle. That's so right. That's a good uh, good frame of reference. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just moved. You said you moved to New York City like less than a year ago. Yeah, it's approaching seven months right now. So cool. Good change. Get to see uh, some different types of buildings. I get to visit a lot of historic buildings out there. So it's good to see that. So excited to get into it. Before we do, just want to give a quick shout out to the Grossman companies, Dave Grossman and team our exclusive sponsor on the Real Estate Addicts podcast. If you're looking for money for your next project, a bridge loan, construction financing, these guys are nimble, they're fast, they're trustworthy, good friends of the pod. And so uh, please reach out and let them know the Real Estate Addicts sent you. And with that, Brian, tell us about Struction Site. You were just over at one of my projects uh, in the South End. What were you doing? Yep. So uh, Struction Site is, you know, in the very essence, we're a 360 photo platform for construction projects, right? So we allow the GC typically, you know, either your entry level PE or assistant super to just walk the job site with a 360 camera. It pins the photos to a drawing. We can get deeper into the intricacies, but at the very essence, just an easy way to track your photos onto drawings. We could talk about some good use cases because I've unfortunately experienced a few where I was very grateful to have had that tech. But like, I guess just for our viewers, I may be more familiar with perhaps Matterport, which is often used in like real estate listings. So if you can't come to the open house on a Saturday, you can see the Matterport where you sort of take a walk through a space. You can look up, down, left, right. And that's kind of what Struction Site is, but it's really more geared for construction. I mean, we've used Matterport during construction as well. We typically yeah. have used it right before we insulate. We'll do a Matterport's, you know, walkthrough of the building. And so that way we know where, where things are. So how, I guess, tell us how yours differentiates from or adds to, or adds uh, to, well, it sounds like you don't have to pay someone to walk the building. So you're doing it yourself, right? Yeah. So typically, I mean, I I guess I always break down to what's the goal and what are you trying to achieve? And then also what the tech is designed for. So Matterport was designed for real estate virtual tours, right? So you may be able to go scan a two-floor house listed on the market, and then once you're done with that, you don't really have to continue paying that subscription fee. Later on, you can delete it. Where construction site, you may need these photos 10, 15 years down the line. 
And they're also not drawing based. So the difference between, I guess, Matterport and Instruction Site would have to do with we're just very quick, right? So on Matterport, you have one of their cameras, it's tripoded. You have to move the camera every three to four feet. It's like an internal street view for Google Maps. If that's, a, that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. So here's a real use case. Uh, I had a buyer moved in in September, called me very recently and said, uh, I smell natural gas in the, in the home office. And I was like, really? So we go over there, confirm uh, there is a, a, a faint smell. We pull right open our instruction site and we had exactly where that gas line ran to a, to a grill, to a barbecue connection on a deck. And we made two surgical openings in the drywall. And uh, sure enough, there was a siding nail that went, it missed a stud by a lot. <laughs> and it went straight into the gas line. We would have been doing some like real exploratory demolition, selective demo. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a lot of guessing. That. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it could have been any of the, the couplings or joints or whatever. Yeah. Who knew where that, that right. came? I know where it ended, but I didn't know necessarily like the route it took to get there. Yeah. Well, water's and, the same way. It's yeah. water's even harder. Water's tough because it shows and you have no idea where it started. It always goes to the lowest point. And yeah. It could be like the other side of the room. And it can yeah. take 12 hours to get there. Well, it could oh, also yeah. it could also take six to twelve months to show up. Say, mm-hmm. you know, we had an unfortunate situation where a nail went through the water line, but didn't rust out until like eight months later. But yeah. we did have those photos, and luckily we were able to pinpoint it. I don't know if we were as surgical, but you know, we no. got it fixed. And it was nice to say, hey, here's where it is. Even though you're seeing water pool up, you know, six feet away, this there's, there's nothing overhead. It's a stressful so, situation. It is. I mean, it's you, like being a detective too, right? Like you, what I always like to do is like, all right. If you see footsteps in the in the forest, it's probably a horse, not a zebra. So I think a lot of people immediately go to zebra. It's like, no, like quite likely there was a bucket of water that spilled when the final cleaners were mopping. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, sure it's possible that a joint wasn't glued correctly and just blew apart last night. But let's let's start with yeah. the obvious stuff. Yep. And I, I think there's two parts to that, right? So the the use case you're talking about, I'd say is more of like the insurance part. Right, like if something were to go wrong down the line, I want to be able to look behind the wall and find out what the issue is. But the other aspect of what we're able to do is you can walk your site weekly and have these photos overlap and time lapse on top of each other, do split views, right? So, oh, that's uh, really cool, right? So, like a little bit about my background is I previously worked at Consigli both as the innovation manager and <coughs> I got into the field as well, and I built two buildings with them. And I used to build out my four week look aheads every week. Right. So I'd track photos. I would look at them side by side. What's a four week look ahead for those who? Four week schedule, like short term schedule that I'd I'd talk over with my, uh, you know, all the trades. We'd make sure everybody's on the same page. And just having those photos week to week helps build a case later on if, you know, you just need to tell a story to somebody that's not on site. Right. So you're starting to see more and more of these projects have remote project managers. People just can't staff projects Mm. point blank. If you could have one PM run three hospital fit outs, right? Little $5 million hit, hitting quits, you know, and be able to remotely walk these sites, they can start doing their monthly requisitions. They can start, you know, even just double checking different things. Easiest way I used to use it, I ran exterior systems on my last project. So quality control, going week to week around the exterior of a building, making sure the waterproofing patches, everything gets put up. Everything was done prior to metal panels going on. Let's talk, let's shift gears a little bit, Brian. You've done some laser scanning. You've done some restoration work at Harvard on some very um, delicate buildings, things that you can't just take a tape measure and then like sketch in your legal pad. 
So tell us about that process and how that's been kind of helpful as a, as a contractor, as a builder, and how the design professionals that you're working with are using that too. Yeah. So I, I guess a little bit about my time at Harvard is I created like a project called the Virtual Harvard Project, where the main goal was to digitize the exteriors of all these buildings for historic preservation purposes, right? Like they're all getting maintained, done over time. So we use a combination of just high-end photos, so photogrammetry mixed with laser scanning. So you have these very high-end accurate you know, models of the facades of these buildings, which get used later on if you need to do any restoration work or just document existing conditions. That is definitely an intensive process, right? Laser scanner could run you 60, 70 grand. Then you got to pay for the software to run it. And then you got to know somebody who knows what they're doing. So, you know, that is definitely for, I guess, for like the average homeowner, you may not need that. It's going to be overkill. You know, you're going to be charging, paying somebody, you know, five grand just to, to do something you get done with photos, right? In that scenario, when you had to look inside the Walmart, you wanted to just be able to pull it up on your phone, right? You don't even want to have to go into a computer. You need a special hard drive to be able to run these. You know, you just want to be able to pull it up in the instance in the field. So sometimes photos can just handle what, you know, you don't need to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the technology. It's about the goal. We, we used laser scan recently on our condo floor plans because, you know, like all of a sudden you have a chase here or the mechanical room got a little bit bigger. And your final recorded condominium floor plans need to be accurate. So instead of going around with the tape measure and pulling, just set this thing up in the middle of the room, scanned it, and we had very, very accurate to the inch, which is kind of nice. cool. What kind of stuff are you guys using, Dan Ray? Like we're here talking about construction. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, I was just going to go back to, I think we kind of got a little off topic. Brian was talking about, we were talking about Matterport, not that we're comparing Matterport yeah. to, to construction site, but- they use just cameras and it's a 360 camera. And I was going to ask, so is your product or is your hardware different? Is it that laser scanning capability as well? Because I think you mentioned that it overlaps into the, the plans or can build yes. into the plans. Is that the the bonus for a development it's, play on it? Or, or it's tagged to a location in the plan. Yep. So yeah. it sounds like it's two separate services. Essentially, yes. Laser scanning is its own beast. We, you know, we don't have that capability because we use just our main focus is speed. You hold onto a 360 camera on a monopod or a hard hat. You give it your starting location on a drawing that you upload either from Procore or your local drive. Then you walk the path of the floor plan. Say I'm walking level one, I walk the entire floor. I give it my ending location and then it will upload to the cloud like a Google street view of the plans. And it knows every time you went into unit 302 or then you jogged into 305 and it'll, it, it, it is pretty cool. That that's, so, that's so it, really so it cool. does that against the plans. Yes. Yeah. So it, we're a plan first base, right? And mm -hmm. the main goal is because we're for GCs where, you know, having to fly around a 3D model may not be as practical when you're just trying to find something in a room. Mm -hmm. Well, the other part is just logistically, right? You're not going to pay someone to come out and, you know, use that other third-party service we were talking about to set up their tripod and to take 3D images. You know, you're, you're going to have people working there all the time. So to just throw it on your hat and walk around a site, you got to do that anyway. So just do a quick lap and how do you, you have hand, that time lapse. How do you handle challenges to Mark's point earlier of like, if a chase gets bigger or utility room gets bigger or things get changed in the field and you're, you're going against plans that might be outdated, how does that work? So we actually integrate into like any Autodesk product or Procore where it'll actually slip sheet the most updated revision into the instruction site program. Okay. So you don't really have to worry about that. It'll automatically update it. If you have drawings that you're just locally uploading, you can always contact like support and they can switch out drawings for you. Will it be 
now let me ask you this yeah. does it have the intelligence right to know if someone has built something that just doesn't fit the plans right does it say like oh here's a red square or something this is here's a wall and that's definitely not on the plans or here's a closet or i don't know just an example of something that's just way like, off or this dimension doesn't line up or yeah. isn't accurate so i guess two-part question i'll answer yours first and we actually have a tracking capability like which is almost like a separate domain like it's a separate suite on top of it's a just different payment plan where we'll actually give you quantities every week linear footages of you know drywall studs top track bottom track etc we'll tell you how a wall is being built and what the progress in your project is almost like a straight up quantity report right as far as issues coming up yes so when we are doing those quantities if something's just getting built out of place we'll red flag it and then our software will give you a heads up saying something's out of whack here with your question about dimensionality, because you're moving so fast and you're using, you know, a very low budget camera, you know, low end $400, you don't really want to trust that for measurements because I always ask people when they say, can I measure with it? And I always ask them, what are you trying to measure? You can count stud studs and you can measure something mentally and have an idea of where it is. But if you need something eighth of an inch accuracy, you know, you're going to trust the 360 camera to to give you that, you got to be careful, right? And I, I, it's like using an app on your iPhone. Yes, exactly, right? Like, what's funny about that is you'd be surprised how often I tell people it's just take a tape measure and make a note on the app. Mm. Nothing's going to beat that if you're just, if you want a small measurement, if you want something like creating these as built mark, right, for an existing condition for the entire building, that's something you would need like a laser scanner for. Yep. And I always just break it down as where photo management platform. All your photos are located to a floor plan, timestamped, and overlay it as a time-lapse. I love it. I just love that time-lapse thing. <clears throat> are you a subscription-based service for project service? How does the pricing work? So it's a one-time fee. I feel like I'm selling this product. At this. I don't even work in sales, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're genuinely curious. You know, yeah. I think a lot of our listeners would be. So yeah, so I, I guess we pretty much charge by project construction volume. It's a one-time cost, and that's it. Interestingly with Matterport, right? I ran into this personally where we were doing in-wall photos and you get to the point where the owner's like, oh, this is great. Can I have this? And then you're like, well, do you want to take over the subscription fee in perpetuity? You know, because you're paying every month for what, 10 years? Like, is that, is that actually reasonable? That just becomes an awkward conversation, right? We're a one-time fee, construction volume. And then at the end, you're also able to download everything onto an offline deliverable into cold storage or a hard drive. You know, in mm. 10 years, even if, say, you know, God forbid, we go out of business, you'll still have your data. You know, someone said to me recently, they were talking about um, like every email in your Gmail junk folder and every photo there actually takes up physical space in the real world. And we don't uh, necessarily always appreciate that. There is a server somewhere with all those 18,000 emails that are on my phone live and it is space in the real world. But that's a, a small digression. I think I, it's great. Yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no. No, I, I just think it's, that's deep. <laughs> it's nothing. It's my birthday. I'm having all sorts of deep, you know. Deep oh yeah, happy birthday, Mark. Yeah, 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 happy yeah. birthday, Mark. I wanted to plug that, yeah. It's a big. What, you 29 again? So it's an union holiday. Construction sites are closed around Boston. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah it celebrated is. for well, about a month, usually. 
It's not. I don't a, know. It's, I don't not, know a, it's were... not a state celebrated holiday. It's just locally city uh, federal. It's oh, federal. 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 Yeah, but it's a digression. I want to know how you guys manage to be efficient, Dan and Ryan. Like you guys are. We small. aren't efficient. No, no, no. at like, all. Dude, I want to go I back to the storage. Pad. No, no. I want to go back to the storage. I want you to remember, yeah. if you can, to the days where there were big floppy drives and little floppy drives. Yeah, tell me more. Because those took up a lot of space, and mm-hmm. my mom, you know, she saves everything. She's quasi hoarder. So she brings me these like old floppy disks. She's like, do you still need these? Like, Mom, nobody even has these. Wow. Anymore. But this, they, things do take up space. Yeah. 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 There's giant servers and that's a whole different data kind of market. commercial, yeah. commercial data real market. estate of uh, yeah. data yeah. centers. Yeah. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so let's get back. Let's, let's get, get back, back to how to... inefficient Dan and I are. Yes. Let's turn the tide. I have a legal pad and I just, I, I like to write things down and then cross them off. Do you use like actual task management software? What kind of technology does it HR investment? So, so we, okay. Our H investment group. Oh, <laughs> just go back to it. It's HRV okay. homes, please. I just, it's confused a lot of people. We've been called a lot of things. RHV ventures, HRVV ventures. I don't know. You anyway. also have to update the Instagram handle of the real estate addicts. Your tag is uh, no longer in there. I think you changed the tag. Uh, on okay, oh boy. Yeah. Well now see, now there's where fault. it really gets confusing because social just changed to Dan and Ray. So now you're really, you're blunt. Your mind is blown. But so so Dan and I have different methods and systems, so I don't think it's one unique thing. And you know, we try and be on the same page. We actually were quibbling this morning and giving each other a hard time about naming files on the server and which folder to put it in. And we have too many subfolders, so it's a method that you grow and learn to grow with. And in some cases, it's just not there. And in terms of tasks, I'll let Dan. Well, what type of so what type of organization are you talking about? Because there's there's obviously a lot of variation i really want to just know like how you have so many balls in the air and like you send an email and it doesn't get a response you ask someone for a certificate of insurance and it comes back to or it doesn't but like are you writing down like brian owes me coi and then cross that out or you just send it and then hope you remember i usually i keep a list on my whiteboard of open items that i that i need to do and then in addition to that ray and i are very different when it comes to this i'm very OCD when it comes to email organization. And so I'll leave everything, anything that needs to be responded to or that's open, that's an open item, I'll leave in my inbox. And if it's answered or it's complete, I'll file it in the appropriate folder associated with that email or project or whatever. So I know that anything in my inbox that I that is still there, there's something that needs to be done with that email. Either I'm waiting on something from somebody or I need to respond to that person. So that's kind of how I internally organize my kind of day-to-day tasks. I like it. Brian, as the young tech guy in the room, what should we be using to organize our day-to-day tasks? Asana? Is there some sort of project management software that you like? Yeah. I mean, I I guess it's, I'm big on Procore, I guess, for all your document management, daily tasks. Too much I, money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends. Depends. We're right? using like, we were using OneDrive for all of our all of our files. Yeah, we, we've Dropbox used uh, Builder Trend at one point, but then that didn't that wasn't a good fit for our model. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I guess it always comes down to like any tech, right? Like, what is the goal you're trying to achieve, and then how much is that worth to you? What are we willing to pay for something? So, I guess daily tasks. I use a an ad, a tap task called notion mm-hmm. it's pretty much like a note-taking i'll put like little list in there i can invite people i think slack could be used more in construction yeah. 
Yeah. To be honest, because Slack cool. is cool. We, we tried it. Yeah. I, I think don't I don't think we're. I, I just don't think we're big enough to use. Like you need a bigger team to be able to leverage the power of Slack. Yeah. No, it's two people. It's like you don't need it. I, I honestly I didn't start using Slack till I joined the startup world, and I constantly thought I was like I could have had this in the field. Like yeah, it's cool. Having, right. I could have made different channels. Right. So like exterior subs, uh, interior. Right. And like you could mm-hmm. have different. Like your general. Anytime I had to put like a big announcement. Right. Like. You know, safety stand down, everybody, you know, 2 p.m. Our biggest, our biggest challenge to this date, and I'm, I'm I assume you've seen it, is just getting subs on board with technology in mm. general. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so it. hard. Just, I, just because you build it does not mean they will come. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We, we should do a Discord server or just an internal Discord. Discord. Yeah, we should do that. I feel like Discord and Slack are pretty similar. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. To, don't me, know to me, I'm naked without Dropbox. Every file that comes to me uh, in my in my phone, I'm immediately organizing and putting into a folder in a project in Dropbox. And what's amazing is like I was at the building department this morning, and like typically it's like the RMV experience where they're like, "Oh, you don't have this? Go home and come back." But you're just sitting there, and she's like, "Well, what's that number?" And you're like, boom. Do you have your workers' comp? Boom. Like, and everything is like at your fingertips. So you're, 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 we're lucky that they'll take it through email. I mean, back yeah. in the day, it's like fax and. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, well, I don't have a printer, so you can email to me, but we can't do it. But yeah, we're, we're moving in the right direction technology wise because it is tough, right. as Dan said. It's, you know, subs aren't on board, certain building departments aren't on board, but that's been a great changing. side of COVID, right? Yes. You know, everything you know, is now, every almost everyone has been forced to take things electronically, but mostly like some of the government mm-hmm. building department in Boston. Right. Uh, I think with technology adoption for whether it's general contractor, subcontractor, owner, it's not necessarily like, a stubbornness to do it. It's more about the messaging and an empathy problem, right? So if you're trying to push a technology onto somebody without them understanding the reason you're doing so, how much time commitment it's going to take them and how it's actually going to make them better or save their hours out of their day, right? So I think Mark with you, when I was showing you like the the platform for the first time, I didn't even tell you what I was doing. I was just like, let me come out here. Let me produce a deliverable and show you the final result. And I was taking photos over time and I was starting to show him on his phone, but I didn't necessarily come out of the, you know, come out of the gate swing and saying, Hey, you should be doing this. How are you not doing this? Right? Like everybody should be doing this. I think the best way to probably like as an industry as a whole, like understanding more about marketing, right? Whether that's internally at your company or externally, right? Like what are we actually trying to solve rather than, Oh, this is a shiny new toy and you should just use it because everybody says you should use it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, but I can I'm gonna play devil's advocate and put myself in the <coughs> shoes of like a subcontractor. You know, I can see the the benefit as a developer or a builder or someone that owns the business and that has a number of employees. But if I'm a subcontractor and I'm doing a job for Suffolk and I'm doing a job for Consigli and then I'm doing a job for Delbrook and I'm doing a job for Jews Boston and every single one of those companies uses a different platform or multiple different platforms. Now you're asking me to adopt to all of these platforms that I think that there needs to, if they, if you want it to, if you want everyone to come, you need to have an industry standard. Mm. So a monopoly. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, think think about it this way. Like with document management platforms, right? Like whether Procore or Autodesk, right? Like 
what do you say? Like, oh, you know, with everybody using one technology, not every technology is going to solve every problem you want. But yeah. you do bring up a good point. It's like, hard. It's hard for, if you want people to adapt, and you're but you're asking them to adapt for twelve different things and mm-hmm. try to learn twelve different things. There's going to be way more resistance to that. But that's also where you're thinking about using a software being pushed on you from a third party company, right? Like the GC pushing a software under the sub versus we have tons of deals with like you know, electrical subs and, you know, mechanical subs where they'll do it on their own to protect themselves in scenarios, right? Say I'm a drywalling company. I just finished the corridor. I'm going to do a video walk of the corridor because all the dings and scratches that are on there because of, you know, people's carts going down the hallway protects them. Yep. And I only need to know that technology within my company. I may not necessarily be taking those photos for somebody else, mm-hmm. right? So it's always a double-edged sword, but at the end of the day, a photo keeps you honest. No, I agree. Right? right. And I I would say that's why I don't believe in pushing technology on other people, right? Like it pretty much has to be through your own company. And that's why we sell for majority part for the GC because they want to have control of, you know, how they use it for themselves and how to make their building process just easier. I mean, you, you mentioned Procore and obviously a lot of companies use Procore, but- Five years ago, there were a lot of other companies. So there was consolidation, like Dan had mentioned, and, and there probably still will be. Of course, there always is. I don't know. What tech do we like? What tech do we use and, and like besides that? I mean, we've kind of mentioned the, the tech that we use. I mean, we're not obviously a, a Consigli or a, or a Suffolk or anything. So we're pretty small scale. I mean, what else do you use other than Dropbox? Bluebeam. It's just like mm. my go-to PDF writer. So... I'll use Bluebeam to do basic takeoffs, counts, quantif- quantify stuff, manipulate. Do you do PDFs. any? Do you use any project management stuff? <laughs> no, I have like a legal pad. I'm so so bad at this. I you're more of an Excel than a cloud person, basically. It's like I, yeah. I can't detach from Excel, and everybody's trying to tell. You know, Brian's mentioning like, oh, you can't push technology. Everything I see is get off of Excel, go to the cloud. I was like, I just can't. Well, I mean, I think there's like with any social media or just anything in general, it's always meant to make you think like you're not doing enough or creating a problem Mm -hmm. out of something that may not even be there. If what you're doing right now works for you, do it, Mm. right? Because at the end of the day, my software isn't going to be the one putting money in your pocket so you can feed your family, right? So at the end of the day, whatever works best for you and your process- Well, it may be protecting me from being going bankrupt by someone suing me. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you don't have a problem, don't, Use a solution and find a problem. Yeah. Right. right. Start with the problem and say, there must be something, there must be a better way to do this. Right. Yeah. You could get, I mean, I feel that you can easily get overwhelmed by the amount of shit that's out there from a technology standpoint, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's being kind of forced on you and saying, hey, you need this. You need to use this. It's the best thing to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone else is using it. I, I just, to your point, do what works best for you and, and, how can you create the most efficiencies yourself yep. using yeah. those types of I mean, I work for a larger scale GC. This is something of a tangent, but we did all of our estimating in, in Excel and they wanted to standardize the pricing of new construction. And they came out with this software called like MC squared and everything had like a unit price and you had to, it was very cumbersome. It, the, the pricing didn't, I never thought it worked. 
I never, ever thought- Just too many could. inputs for not enough value because at the end of the day, you still end up with the same dollar per foot. Yeah, it's just like, basically it. you know, I'm going to tell you to go install a square foot of metal panel, a Luca Bond metal panel siding, okay? Do that in uh, the suburbs where you can have a lift and you can put two guys on it and put those panels on the ground or do it on a zero lot line site where you're on pump jacks and you're tied off and it's you have your working hours are this to this, like just different unit price. And sure you can adjust and there were features in it that allowed that. But I just think that that was one of those things like a disconnect between management and the people doing the work where it was like, I get your dream. I think it's fantastic to think that this corporate company that's nationwide can have one price for metal panel and offer consistency, but it's not the real world. No. And, and you make a good point, right? So there's a difference between tech that is very early stage. Like that team doesn't mean they might never get there, right? But if they're not ready for where you need it to be, that's good feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have that. But at the same time, I think that's comes down to the to the whoever the owner or the contractor is to have a good vetting process, right? Like, is this ready for us? Is this ready for the type of projects we do? I think those are just general scale issues with larger companies yeah. in general. I mean, we saw it when we were in corporate America. It was just, it was obviously, it was different. You would introduce different products, but you have the same result, right? Like management, a lot of the time doesn't talk to the boots on the ground people Mm -hmm. and get their feedback and what's what they actually need instead of they're sold on a product and they implement it. And it ultimately takes the people that are in the field longer to complete their tasks. Yeah. And it just becomes a reporting up software, right? Like Like just what are you gaining from it? I I do want to bring up one more thing and and then we can um, start winding down, but uh, data collection and construction is, is poor to terrible in that example of metal panel siding. Like, is there somebody who's going back and doing the forensics at the end of the job to say like, okay, this is how much it did cost per foot. This is how long it did take to install that many square feet of metal panel siding. And the answer to all those things is typically no. I've well, taken- it's because it takes up too much space in a data center. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, the file. Oh, the that, that's that's going to be with you forever. Oh, yeah. He's going to keep bringing this up. The files are in the computer. <laughs> Excellent Zulander um, reference. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that I've personally started trying to do a um, retroactive like dive after a project and figure out like my price per square foot with the garage, without the garage, with the basement, price for architect per square foot, struck, you know, all those things right. and uh, try to draw some generalities from it. But um, I would say dollar amount is way easier to, to fill in on, on the, in the, in the rears than the schedule. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless you're keeping your schedule in, in some scheduling platform, a Gantt chart or something. I, I would also say uh, to your respect where you were talking about how you, how you both structure your own file structure or email structure, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you have the entire company kind of keeping on some type of standardization or all the data is being input the same way, that's usually the issue is because, you know, you're doing it one way, you're doing it another way. And I try to throw all this into, you know, mm. an Excel sheet. I want to start running algorithms on it. It just doesn't work or I got to spend a lot of time. I think what's great about like our platform is everybody's kind of inputting data the same way. It's photos onto a floor plan. And then the entire company does it that way, right? Well, you're also able to look at progress, right? Like you can say, if you go and walk it every day that they're doing drywall, it'll pump back out to you or the goal soon is you're 30% done with drywall. And based on how fast you did 30%, you'll finish in this many weeks. Yeah. And we're, we're doing that already now. Like we have a lot of you know larger scale contractors who are doing this to just help keep up with very large projects. Mm-hmm. But Brian, that's a really good point because that kind of solves what I was just saying to Mark was not 
easy to, to do. If you're taking photos and there's date stamps on it, now you can absolutely fill in that schedule and say how long it took me to do things. If that's something you want to track. I used to color code drawings. Like we'd fly in these steel members and I have like little highlighters and like the blue was the columns we did on July 28th. And then yellow was the next day. And I'd go out there at the end of the, day of the clipboard and be like, column line B through C was done in green. Good. Like, see, I think that, things written on paper a job was nightmare. Yeah. And same with concrete. We'd be like, we poured this footing and then we turned the corner oh. and did that today. And those, cause I mean, it's important to know when you place well concrete, cause you get a 14 day break that comes back and all of a sudden it didn't reach compressive strength. And you're like, fuck, I got to chisel out concrete. We had a bad batch. Where was that batch? Right. Now, yeah. you know. Right. Right. But yeah. that was a miserable job for 22 year old Mark. That's usually hungover. Terrible. That's yeah. the first way you learn the field, right? It's like, you don't have a good, when, when a lot of the interns are, you know, new people are starting out, they don't have a good gauge of how long things take, right? Like, that four week look ahead might show five or six days for X amount of you know elevation for windows, whatever, right? But like how many, how many are actually going in a day? I can go outside on an elevation, take a 360 photo, and then go back and like pretty much understand and retrain myself like what's going on. At the end of every project, we used to do a lessons learned, right? And typically that's all done in well, hear me out. I have strong feelings about lessons learned. This yes. is an interesting it topic. Always, it, I mean, it always comes down. You get in, you get out when you get in. We used to in. we used to do formal lessons learned, and there was a. Uh, this is just a reflection of our of our society here. But yeah, we got sued. There was a problem with the construction site, and they whatever uh, discovery, and someone pulled out a binder like lessons learned on Brian's project, and it was like I screwed up this, and then the windows did this, and then I did that, and they're like, oh, good job sharing that with the whole company, Mark. <laughs> you know, and it well, was so so, <laughs> so, there, so there's well, the that, uh, that took a I whole, put that, seventeen <laughs> drywall screws yeah. through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that took a whole different turn. But the way I was thinking about it was, I worked on a prefab yeah. bathroom job. The next prefab bathroom job that they went after we were just able to show like the yeah like put you virtually in the space but that's a whole nother i guess have a meeting a <laughs> the, the the solution is probably don't write it down <laughs> just have a meeting and talk about these things and don't archive them don't record yeah. all of the lessons i learned from things i messed up so at the end of the day the photo's truth and you know so many things happen on a job site on a day-to-day -day basis you know you don't know what you're gonna need down later on down the line Right. So like having a 360 photo is just a good way to capture everything around you. And sometimes I'm sure you've all been there. Your camera rolls are full of photos and you finally find the photo, you know, three months back and you're about five inches off from where you actually need that photo to be. That's exactly what Ray happens with Ray <laughs> or had in the past. Oh, you, you go mean, around you mean when you, I would take a picture of everything. Yeah. Oh, God. and then we would never use it. Or if we needed it, you wouldn't have the right photo. Yeah. Right. Or my phone would be full or it would have archived it. It was, it was a terrible solution. So well, <laughs> put it in the cloud or put it on your own local cloud, your local Dropbox. <laughs> Mark, are you okay? I, I don't have COVID. Uh, I do have a cold and it's been a great episode, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. If people want to get in touch with you, yeah, how can they do that? Find you, Brian at structuresite.com. And you get your own podcast. Yeah, Give I have it a, a plug. Yeah, uh, podcast is a venture into construction. So I pretty much talk about construction tech and venture capital. Oh, cool. So, you know, little uh, long term vision is I eventually, you know, want to go that route and get into the venture side, you know, maybe someday down the line. So doing nice. big things, man. Yeah. Keep it up. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks and for coming on. I've learned so much from this podcast over the years of me listening to it. And I've actually connected to 
multiple people through the podcast just by reaching out to them saying, I love this episode. You know, these were a couple of good things I got from it. So thanks, you know, buddy. Thank yeah, you I appreciate that. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. And be like Brian. I think that's a, that's, that's cool. Just like <laughs> send emails, include a picture of yourself. And, BLB. Uh, yeah. Be yeah. like Brian. That's it, man. Well, thank you everyone. Listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. Happy birthday, Mark. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks. See ya. Cheers.